a video version of this podcast is available at AboundingJoy.com and also on our YouTube pages. Hey guys, thanks for joining me today. We're living in strange times, aren't we? (laughs) Really strange times and confusing times for many of us. And one of the areas where we Christians can be easily confused has to do with what we sometimes think of as politics. I want to think about that for a few minutes today. Several years ago, I had an opportunity to announce to a Sunday morning congregation a new class. I was teaching in that church on Sunday evening as a part of our church training effort. And it just so happened to be an election week. There was an election coming up in a few days. So after I finished that brief announcement about the new class, I just kind of extemporaneously added some words very similar to these. I said, hey, guys, this is an election week. I just want to encourage all of us to vote like Christians this week. We need to find some good pro-life candidates and take the time to vote for them. (laughs) Didn't put much thought into that. I just seemed like an appropriate thing to say. Well, after that particular service was over, a deacon in that church came to me, and he was very upset about what I'd said. And he said, you might as well have told people to vote Republican. (laughs) (sighs) Several years later, I explained to a Bible study class that I happened to be teaching at the time why I chose as a biblical Christian to vote for Donald Trump in spite of some of his obnoxious and very ungodly characteristics. And I pointed out it was because of his strong pro-life policies, his pro-family policies, his appointment of Supreme Court justices who seemed to be strict constitutionalists, as far as I could tell, and his support for the only democracy in the Middle East, the nation of Israel. And these kind of policies, it was policies, you see, these kind of policies caused me to think, As a Christian, I just need to vote for this man. So I was explaining myself to the class. And there were people in our Bible study class who were so upset with my speaking out loud about what they perceived to be political issues that they permanently left the class over it. It was the last straw. You may have experiences of your own. Maybe similar stories come to mind. I don't know. But with that in the background, I want us to think just a little bit about this matter of talking about so-called political issues when we're gathered together as Christians. Here's the problem. Now, now please stay with me all the way through this here. Please try to listen carefully. You don't have to agree with everything I say, but I think it's important. I think this is truth. Several decades ago, when I was a much younger man, The major political parties in the United States, that would be the Democratic Party and the Republican Party, both really did try, to some degree, to appeal to biblical Christians. Sometimes, the truth is, it would be really difficult for most of us to guess which platform was the Republican platform and which was the Democratic platform. Sometimes it was very similar, especially when it came to biblical morality issues. But listen, guys. Those times are now long gone. It isn't that way anymore. And many of us, like me, who were raised in a family that was devoted to the Democratic Party, and I was, many of us were horrified and dismayed 
through the decades to watch the Democratic Party just move further and further and further and further away from biblical Christianity. The National Democratic Party today has moved very, very far to the left. And in the process, they've embraced very secular, anti-biblical, anti-Christian positions like abortion, like the sexual revolution, like secular humanism, now critical theory. There was a time when a lot of people thought, I'm voting for the Democrat because I think he cares more about the poor. (laughs) When I was young, I was told, look, son, the Republican Party is the party of the rich. That's not your party, son. (laughs) And, And, of course, the Democratic Party itself would love for people to keep thinking that way, wouldn't they? Of course they would. But listen, guys, even on the issue of caring for the poor, Christians need to think. Of course we need to care for the poor, right? But how? How can we best help the poor? By just throwing tons and tons and tons and it's becoming trillions and trillions of tax dollars in their direction, much of which gets siphoned off by others who are really not so poor, by, by trying to generate maybe class envy and animosity between different groups of people, kind of like the Marxists do it, by pushing godless, unbiblical ideas like critical theory and, and so-called social justice. A lot of people, when they hear social justice, they think, well, surely we Christians have to be on the side of social justice. But guys, that's not the same as biblical justice. We've got to know the difference. Is this how we take care of the poor? Or maybe there's a better way based on biblical principles. We had better learn how to think biblically if we're claiming to be Christians. Unfortunately, the time has come when almost all the elected officials in the Democratic Party, at the national level anyway, strongly endorse abortion. They're willing to murder unborn children. And they euphemistically rename it. They call it health care for women. Uh, wait a minute. Many of them now would probably say, oh, you can't say that anymore. Shouldn't say health care for women. I should say health care for people with uteruses. <laughs> or is it uteri? <laughs> I don't know. You get the idea. Because the Democratic Party has also become the party of people who support this incredibly confusing and biblically foolish movement called transgenderism. It's the T in the LGBTQ plus movement. Okay, so what is a Christian supposed to do about all this? I mean, are Christian leaders really supposed to just stay out of politics because it's too controversial? Maybe I'm wrong, but it seemed to me that that was pretty much what J.D. Greer was trying to say in the Southern Baptist Convention's president's message in June of this year in Nashville to say, we're going to stay out of politics. is another way of saying when it comes to these kind of issues, Christians must not take a stand on biblical truth because it's too controversial. You'll offend too many people. In the name of Christian unity, that's the cloak, you have to turn over these issues to godless people. Christians, we just have to shut up and stay out. The world is watching us after all. We don't want to be offensive, do we? And I believe that the Christian who tries to take that approach really is being political already. 
I mean, if I say it's okay for you to vote for the Democrat who supports abortion and who supports the LGBTQ plus revolution and who endorses unbiblical thinking at the root of critical theory, because we Christians are above politics, whatever you want to do is fine. Whoever you want to vote for is fine. That's not Christian. That's disgusting. (laughs) I believe Christians who try to take that foolish position, what they're really doing is saying, I'm so intimidated but what people who call themselves Democrats think that I don't dare take a biblical Christian stand on these issues because they might get mad and leave. (laughs) I think that's what's going on. I know I could be wrong. But to say it's okay for Christians to vote for candidates who stake positions like these, that's a political statement, isn't it? Of course it is. Listen, when politicians and elected officials, I don't care what party they're in, When they take stands opposed to God's truth, whether they call themselves Republican or Democratic or Independent, when they take stands opposed to God's truth, as the Democratic Party does almost as a mass now, Christians don't have the luxury of just keeping quiet and leaving it up to the non-Christians in the name of unity, in the name of staying out of politics. And when Christians like me come along and say, we have to be courageous, we have to be biblical, we have to stand for God's truth, we have to stand for righteousness, we're going to be accused of being racist, maybe, or maybe homophobic, or maybe intolerant, or maybe hateful, or maybe bigoted, or most horrific of all, I guess, of being political. (laughs) Guys, these are not easy days for Christians, (laughs) especially if your goal is to be as true to God's word as you can and still have as many people as possible like you (laughs) and not be upset with you. These are tough days, if that's your goal. Each one of us is going to have to make some really tough decisions about what the truth really is, about what we believe about God's Word, the Bible, about courageously standing firm in God's Word, on God's truth. Guys, we can't escape making that decision. We have to decide. Please don't think you're going to be able to hide from these controversies. That's not possible. Eventually, I promise, you will have to take a stand one way or another. And many who call themselves biblical Christians are going to be falling away from God's truth. Why? Because they're trying desperately hard to appease too many people. They're trying to keep too many people happy. We have a decision to make. And I'm praying that you're spending lots of time in God's word, praying his word back to him. Maybe memorizing some key passages of scripture like Romans 1, 16 to the end of the chapter there. Developing a thick skin. Developing a firm backbone. (laughs) So that when you have the opportunity to stand on the truth, you won't be silenced by those that you figure are going to call you names. (laughs) You won't be intimidated by those that may choose to disassociate themselves from you from that point on or from those who might accuse you of being too political, when all you're trying to do is do your very best to stay faithful to God's word the best you know how. Listen very closely to me, guys. Don't turn me off now. I'm about done. One of these days, it'll be sooner than you think, we will certainly stand before God himself. And each one of us will give an account of our lives. And I'm urging you, Keep that day in the forefront of your mind as you seek his will and the way you interact 
with other people in this increasingly secularized, godless culture we're living in. I urge you, be prepared to stand firm when the winds of Satan's storms come upon you. I'll close with this. Now listen, this is God's living word, sharper than a two-edged sword, remember? It's from Paul's powerful letter to the Ephesians. You're familiar with it. Listen, finally, be strong in the Lord. Be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. Let me repeat that, that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. One more verse. Stand, therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth, the belt of truth, and having put on the breastplate of righteousness. It's God's word. So, are you prepared to stand firm? Stay in the battle? When the satanic winds blow their hardest and satanic pressure gets the hottest? Listen, guys, by God's grace, we really don't have a choice. We must stand. Let's pray. Father, I don't know who's watching this right now or listening, but you do. And Lord, you know what's going on in that individual's heart. Father, we confess to you that sometimes we get cowardly and fearful and we somehow lose the courage that we know we should have. We get intimidated by Satan and his schemes and his tactics. And Lord, we get intimidated by other people who seem to have power and influence and money. And Lord, we don't like to lose friends and, or people we thought were our friends. And, and we don't like for family members to get upset with us, Lord. We don't like that stuff. We want everybody to like us. Lord, you know us better than we know ourselves. You know how true that is. But Lord, you've told us in your word that we have to make a decision. We have a choice to make. We have to decide whose side we're on. Are we on your side or are we going to go along with the devil's crowd? Lord, we have so many people in our country now that are ignoring you, that are rejecting your truth and your word, that are trying to explain it away and rationalize things that are very sinful and ungodly. And Lord, it's easy for us to try to deceive ourselves. So please give us grace to have a backbone, to have courage, to think clearly and biblically, to stay in your word, to live in your word, to stand on your word and stand in your truth, no matter what anybody else says or does all around us, no matter how many people get mad at us, no matter who calls us names, no matter how, who disassociates themselves from us, Lord, we just want to learn to stand firm in a loving, gracious, kind, Christ-like way, but never to be wimpy and wishy-washy and fearful of what the world may think about us. So please, Lord, give us the courage we need. Use us for your glory. Let us shine, not as lights that seem to be about to go out, <laughs> but let us shine brightly because you're filling us with your Holy Spirit and you're shining through us to bring you, not us, to bring you lots of glory. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.